0: Welcome to the Center for Strengths podcast, Resiliency Reimagined. This is our very first podcast and we appreciate you joining us. Today's topic is going to be all about the center and how resiliency centers overall can impact those affected by mass violence. I'm your host, Evan Forster, a licensed clinical social worker. I'm the clinical lead at the center. I like to read, I like to play D&D, and I'm the dad of two great kids. Talking with me today is our director of operations and fearless leader, Jess Monda.
1: Yeah. Hi, Evan. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah, my role uh, at the center as a director of operations has been in place since May of 2020. And yeah, a little bit about me is I have a an amazing long-haired miniature dachshund named Zoe, who I love to adventure with. And I have a passion and a heart uh, to dance to all kinds of music, and I love to learn new things. So here we are, learning new things.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Cool. Jess, can you talk a little bit about what led you to your current role at the center?
1: Yeah, so I have a background in the startup world, as well as the nonprofit sector, and all of the organizations that I've served with have really been centered around serving others in some capacity, whether it is a socially conscious startup or a nonprofit that serves others in a variety of different ways. That's kind of been my heart. I do have a passion for recovery and resiliency and healing as that's my story as well. Um, I, love to champion and walk alongside others in their journey, their life journey and their healing journey um, by leading with love. And so one of the board members on my previous role as an executive director at TIE Denver, um, which is a startup, Keith Larson, who is the CFO of All Health, sat on my board. And so this opportunity crossed my desk and um, it felt like the right fit. And so here we are.
0: Well, thank you, Keith. So yeah, so Jess, can you talk a little bit about uh, the inception of the center, kind of why we're here, um, and some of the stuff that we're doing?
1: Yes. So after the incident of the mass violence that occurred on May 7, 2019 at the STEM School Highlands Ranch, All Health Network was chosen as the Colorado nonprofit community mental health provider uh, that could be the recipient of a federal grant called the Anti-Terrorism and Emergency Assistance Program. And their goal with that fund is to provide a physical space to provide resiliency services, counseling, education and resources for any in- community that was directly impacted by a mass violence incident. So in the aftermath of May 7th and the students and parents and staff and extended community found their life had been changed um, we, as, as a program underneath all health have been put in place to provide recovery efforts for those who were impacted by that day.
0: So, um, our name is the, uh, STEM center for strength. Um, we are, as you uh, mentioned, we're not governed by STEM. Uh, we receive our funding from, um, a grant and all health network kind of helps oversee that grant. Um, how did our logo and our name come about?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So even though we are not affiliated with the school, our existence is because of incident that took place at the school. So the students were a big part of the ideation and the brainstorming process of the center's name and logo. And so STEM student, Logan Cooper, is the student who came up with the name STEM Center for Strength which then was voted on by the school. And then student Grace Triplett was the student who designed the center's logo. Um, And that is represented on all our marketing materials, which has kind of this uh, essence of an S in the middle of a sun to represent the strength.
0: Yeah, and so although our name is STEM Center for Strength, we are serving the population of anyone um, that was impacted by the events of May seventh. So that would be current and former students over at STEM um, alumni, parents, current and former staff. Any anyone that you uh, that you notice that I'm missing there.
1: No, you are spot on, Evan, with anyone who is impacted by the tragedy that took place on May 7th, 2019. And that does include um, extended community members as well. Those that could include restaurant owners and staff who sheltered in place our community that day. Um, there was uh, you know, a restaurant that provided burgers for the first responders that day and you know they were called to action in a a crisis situation and that can be very um alarming for someone who hasn't experienced anything like that so yeah our, our services our free services extend to the surrounding community as well as those current and former members who are directly and indirectly impacted that day
0: yeah, I can, I want to stress that indirectly piece too because um, I think it's important. Um, a lot of what we've seen is that some folks view our services as to, you know, I don't want to take away from the people that were more directly impacted. Um, and while I appreciate some of the sentiment, we have activities that are for the entire impacted community, and um, I think it is important to to note that that we're for everybody. Um, and, and that everybody kind of extends to, to that broader population. So, and that kind of takes us right into um, our pillars. Um, so our pillars are to connect, learn, heal, and do. And we know that those are all important things on uh, the journey of trauma recovery. And just kind of overall, Mental health, growth, and uh, stability, and all of that thing. These are these are just important human experiences. So, um, let's talk a little bit about that first one, uh, that connect piece. Jess, what would you say about that?
1: I think that part of what a resiliency center offers is this this sense of community, and it is like a safe place. That is part of our our vision and our mission statement is that we provide a safe and supportive and space for those pursuing healing and and uh, connection. And um, we really address the need of community by just being having activities that, whether they're in the center or in partnership with someone like Maine Mission, um, which is an animal assisted farm here in our surrounding area, there is something that really provides a sense of healing when you can just be with your people in a safe space. And also for those who are, even for the, you know, the adolescents, the youth, having a safe, trusted adult is also vital in the process of connecting and community and recovery. Um, and that is really The heartbeat of resiliency centers across the country because we are not unique and we're not the only one. Um, It is really can address the recovery for healing just by being providing a safe place to be together, and I think that's what we've seen, especially coming out of a pandemic, that has been super vital for our community.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You mentioned that safe, trusted adult. Um, I think that's really powerful. Just, just. Having a space for people to come, uh, whether that's teens or or adults. And I think I'm going to give a little plug here to Barkley, my dog, who's at the center. Um, He's a golden doodle and he's pretty great. He's here most days. And uh, I think uh, he's a goofy guy. And just providing that space, I think, can be really, really helpful for our community. And then other ways that that we heal, Um, I think often we think of individual therapy which uh, being a clinical social worker and a therapist is obviously really important. And we'll talk about that a little bit more on the, uh, the heel piece, but that creation of community and, and the sense of uh, decreasing isolation, isolation um, and feeling alone after uh, events after traumatic events is, is very common. And so I think us providing that space um, can be helpful. What are some examples of what we're doing to, Um, outside of main mission that we're doing maybe at the center that, that help build community or peer support.
1: Well, you brought up a great point. Our doctor, which we call Barkley and when he (laughs) is the doctor is in um, you know, he is such a friendly ally and it does, especially if you're new coming into the center or maybe you're new to even understanding what trauma is or, uh, you know, again, coming out of a very isolating two years, Barclay has this ability to kind of lower the barriers and soften um, the, the, you know, coming through the center. And I think that is part of what the beauty is of just having gatherings with no expectations of just being together because sometimes, and I can speak for my own healing journey, it, it takes some time to to kind of understand that you might have something going on internally that you need to address. It may feel like this is part of your day-to-day and you're part of, part of your norm. Um, but when you're surrounded by safe, trusted community and adults, then you can, and, you, and people are starting the conversation around their journey for healing. Then you start to ask those questions yourself. Is there something that I, need to address, or maybe that actually isn't a normal thing that I feel this way or react that way, and and then talk to somebody about it because there is a safe space to talk about it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, some of those ways that I think that the center has worked to kind of lower that barrier of entry um, are our family community uh, gatherings where we're uh, watching a Disney movie, perhaps uh, our most recent one we watched in Kanto. We... I'm again, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. We have a D&D club um, where I run uh, two groups and then we have uh, peers, uh, our students that run groups um, and that's working with both middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, it just kind of lowers that barrier of entry and, and we recognize that this is an okay space to be. I think our chill room is another example of that. So if you are listening to this and you haven't been to the center, we have a, a room that just has a bunch of couches, And a TV where there's Netflix going or whatever. And it's just kind of a space where you can, if you're a student, you can take your backpack off. Um, We hope it can be a space where you can kind of like let your guard down a little bit and just come and just be and just hang out. And I think that's just, that's really important for our community. Jess, you had also mentioned um, some folks are coming into, and it's kind of new to, or maybe learning about the impact of trauma might be something that's new to them or maybe after something like this happens, they just, hey, this is my normal, Um, which is why this psychoeducational programming, our learn piece, I think can be really important. Can you speak to that a little bit
1: more? Yeah, I think after a mass violence event, people often need support for an extended period of time, and having a place that is familiar with a variety of services can be very helpful, and one of those services being that learn piece, that psychoeducation piece that really gives us knowledge about how our bodies are, how our bodies are doing, how, what is happening with our mind after something so tragic and, and then providing a space to come together, to process that and learn together. So whether that's with a presentation, we opened kind of right on the crux of the beginning of the pandemic so a lot of some of our stuff is still very virtual which is great to reach the masses and we have a variety of different webinars online but then we also have like you know a book club uh such as the body keeps the score where there is the educational and learning aspect of it, but there's also a support group aspect where you're learning together as a community and sharing your differences and your experiences because everyone's experience of that day was different. And in that space, then you also learn empathy because you also learn that there is this, uh, there's a beautiful difference between what this parent experienced that day and that parent experienced that day and how their children experienced that day. So um, I think there's this connection piece that does form also with the education. You gain understanding and knowledge and put that power back in your hand. And I think you actually speak very well to the powerlessness that can happen, which is why we love to include you in all of our ideation uh, stages of these programs because of what can happen in in that moment.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I appreciate that. Just to kind of touch on two two things that you said there that I think are, are really important. For anyone that has talked to me or, or seen a presentation that I've given through the center, or otherwise, I know one thing that, that folks might get tired of me saying is different responses following trauma are normal. Um, you're, a person's brains, one of its main jobs is to keep that person safe. And so different responses, whether that be increased anxiety or whether that be uh, hypervigilance or sometimes emotional numbing. And that's just to name a few, there's a whole bunch, like all of those are normal and that's what our brain's supposed to be doing. And myself presenting on it, I, I hope that I'm making a difference for folks when I am talking to them about that. But I think the the second piece that I wanted to touch on is how much more powerful that can be when you're learning that and, and hearing that from peers or from people that have also experienced it. Um, because it takes some of the like, well, this is a this is a teaching opportunity or this is like a, an expert um, talking to me about this stuff. Um, to, oh, this is a person that's in it with me, or this is a person that has had a similar experience. Um, And I think that that can just kind of help further ingrain that idea. And I think that's one of the really unique things that our center is providing that is outside of um, what's, what's happening when you go to like your individual therapist to uh, work outpatient. And obviously I'm not, uh, I'm talking negatively about any of that because that's all also really really good work and part of the healing journey so yeah. um and a nice little uh transition into our heel piece i think too um so yeah so healing is is part of what all of these these pillars help with um and healing is also an integral part of what our center is doing um just talk a little bit more about why um, this pillar is important and some of the stuff that we're doing to support it.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say one of our primary emphasis in this pillar is that we have individual counseling as well as family and couple counseling available for those that were impacted by the events of May 7th um, for free. And, You know, we are in a very pressing time right now where a lot of the good news is that we're talking about trauma and a lot of people are pursuing in the world are pursuing counseling services and support. And that has put some pressure on the Mm -hmm. clinical industry in general. And so I've heard from parents specifically reached out through their own, um, their own insurance, and there was a nine-month waiting period to get seen. I think there's something very special about what we offer in our counseling spaces and having access for free, you know, that is is huge in this moment in time. But in, in addition to those counseling services, I think it's, it's great that to emphasize that support groups, we started with them right in the aftermath of May 7th. But we are continuing them because healing is not linear. And some people are ready to talk right after, some people don't wanna heal together and talk about it together. And some people are in a stage now where they wanna talk about it together. And so I think having support groups is another way we do that.
0: Just uh, I think another strength of our um, clinical team, and I could talk for the entire podcast about the strengths of our clinical team. Um, we have we all have kind of slightly different approaches and different ways that we are uh, working with folks to address trauma. So we're trying to to link people up to the person that would be the best fit. Um, I will just briefly speak to what our model looks like um, because we are grant funded and we are providing that service. And so um, what happens is a uh, a person comes in and says, "Hey." I, I think I might need some help. I might need to uh, be talking to a counselor or a therapist. Um, and so we start that person with 10 sessions. Generally, what we're seeing is that within those 10 sessions, a person is able to see some reduction in symptoms and able to accomplish some of the goals that they set out for. If we see that a person could use some more sessions and that the symptoms that the person is presenting with are, we're able to directly re- to uh, the events of May 7th, we'll continue those sessions. What I tell uh, folks often is we're not just going to stop processing right in the middle of, uh, uh, of doing trauma work uh, because we hit 10. So, so like I said, we are able to see um, some growth within those 10 sessions. Um, and then we, uh, if a person wants to continue with therapy afterwards, we try to link them up with a person that it would be best fit for them. And then we just kind of go from there on a case-by-case basis. The support groups, we love to get community engagement related to any of the support groups that we're doing. Body Keeps the Score book club, I think could also be considered somewhat of a support group. And that was based on uh, some feedback that we got from the community. The teen group that uh, Jordan Russo, one of our contracted clinicians, who's awesome, is currently running, that's based on feedback. Uh, We had run a parenting skills group in the past based on community feedback. So if you do, anybody that's listening to this, if you do have any feedback for groups that you think might be helpful um, and help you or help other people on their healing journey, let us know. That would be awesome. Our last pillar is that do pillar. And so this goes right into that idea of a lot of the things that we're doing, we're getting that feedback from our community and, and planning it into activities. Just, what are some examples of some of the activities uh, that we haven't mentioned so far?
1: Yeah. So I think part of the effectiveness in the recovery journey um, that we have seen at resiliency centers before us is this part of doing some wellness activities together to really connect with your body, your mind. and And again, part of that looks like you gain education in that, but sometimes it's just the act of just being present in the moment and connecting with your body again. So some of those activities of do underneath our do pillar that we have at the center is we have uh, one of our community members who is a STEM staff, a former STEM staff member, Beth Horowitz, leading our trauma-informed yoga. And that is weekly on Wednesday nights for parents or adults, and that is very well attended. So there is a need there that has come through our, uh, come from our, our need survey we've sent out. And then Jenny, who is our in-house clinical, uh, our contracted clinician, she also does, I would say semi-annually or maybe quarterly hikes, a hike series, depending on the weather. Um, you know, that is, again, getting out, getting our body active, moving, connecting with our body, but also connecting with our community. So those are just some of the things. And we have a, a very robust calendar on our website that has a lot of those things in there. And maybe you can speak to even something that we've just recently experienced in an activity for the Duke, uh, Duke category um, and one of our partners with uh, Randy Schneider, who hosts the iRest. Um,
0: Yeah. Uh, So Randy um, is a a yoga instructor and he also hosts iRest Yoga. Um, And we were fortunate enough to be able to do that as a team this week. It was awesome. Uh, Kind of my impression of it. Um, uh, Really good feedback from the whole team. Just a different way of like relaxing and settling our brain and getting in touch with our body. The do piece here is very important in just overall uh, growth, recovery, well-being, because our body and our brain are so closely connected. Um, and so being more aware of like how our body is responding to stress recognizes how our brain's responding to stress or recognizing, hey, I'm stressed out. I should probably pay attention to my body. It works both ways. And uh, uh, the do activities that we have, the more physical ones, are are a really, really good way uh, that helps our community get more in touch with their body.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So just you and I, obviously, both believe really strongly in the mission of the center and everything that we're doing. For anybody that's listening, what are some ways that they could uh, help us out?
1: That's a great question. Because we are a grant-funded program governed by All Health Network, and we have grant parameters that fund us, we do have specific ways that we can only spend down on the grant and provide resources for our community. And there's still some pockets and gaps that we can't fulfill with that grant money. Um, so there's a, a great way to support the center is if you have time that you want to donate, um, whether it's through activities or even being at the center, that's a great way to provide support. And then, you know, again, donations, whether it's donations for funds or something such as simple as food to feed the, the bodies of our growing teenagers. That is also very supportive to us at this time where, we, where the grant money doesn't unfortunately pay for those things.
0: Absolutely. We try to have food and we have had food and snacks pretty much every day available for all the folks that come through. Um, you and I, and hopefully everybody listening knows that when our bellies are full, uh, we feel better, uh, generally. Um, and so part of healing is, uh, recognizing if my body's basic needs are met. a kind of funny example that I'll frequently give related to that is, uh, and we're a little bit past this season, but is the Grinch. Like the Grinch was a real mean guy. <clears throat> But he had a serious physical health problem. His heart was way too small. And so if we're, if we're looking at being able to help our community heal, working to make sure that all those basic needs are met or, or doing our best to help fulfill some of those and, and snacks are a really good way that we can do that. Definitely, definitely can help, help with our process. So mm-hmm. also, um, as we've mentioned, we have a lot of different activities that we're, that we're running as a center. And so if you're listening to this and you have a skill that you think, hey, this might be helpful for anybody who is impacted by May 7th. And I, you know, I'd like to teach some people about this. That would be fantastic. Uh, please reach out and uh, let us know because we would love to help advance the mission of the center with your ideas, insight, feedback, participating in any of our events. Sometimes even that, just that participation, just having people come to the event, that leads to conversations about other ways that we can help impact our community, which uh, leads to us implementing those and then other great activities. Yeah, anything else that you would add there as to ways folks could uh, help us out?
1: No, you spoke right to all those very key ways to support the center. And we do have an advisory uh, board that helps guide the mission. And like you said, advance the mission of the center with their ideas and experiences as a stakeholder of the community. And so we do have a few open seats on our advisory committee and anyone that is willing and wanting to, serve that is a great way and don't donate time i guess that would be a great way to serve um, and provide some support to the center as we continue to dream about what the future holds for the center i think it's always great to have more minds at the table talking about what that would look like
0: so Uh, Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to schedule a time uh, for counseling or to talk, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, The number you can call is 303-872-3040. We're located at 640 Plaza Drive, Suite 130 in Highlands Ranch. Um, We are just across the street from STEM School.
1: Yeah, and we look forward to meeting you, seeing you at our upcoming events, hearing from you. We're always open to ideas and feedback. Your recovery and healing journey matters to us. And we are always open to hearing any feedback related, whether it's constructive or not. Um, we're always open to hear. So really hope that you get a chance to stop by the center if you haven't done so. And you can sign up for any upcoming newsletters or emails that we send out. On our website at www.stemcenterforstrength.org. And there's a little pop-up to sign up for our newsletter. And then you can also just check out some videos and photos and our calendar on the website as well.
0: So we'll have a monthly podcast. um, So keep your eyes peeled in March. Also check us out on uh, social media. Our, the center is very active on Instagram, uh, promoting uh, our activities, any other general wellness ideas. We are at center, the number four strength. So Jess, thanks for joining and we'll talk soon. Yeah,
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. All of the activities we mentioned can be found on our website, stemcenterforstrength.org, where you can RSVP. Some of our other upcoming events include Mindful Strategies for a Hurried World, a presentation with Dr. Kimberly Dwyer. That's on March 3rd from 7 to 8 p.m. We also are starting some new book clubs and we're having interest meetings. An interest meeting for The Body Keeps the Score will be on Monday, March 7th at 5 p.m and for Permission to Feel, Thursday, March 10th at 5 p.m. Both of those books are suggestions by the community. We have upcoming eating disorder presentations, one for teens on Monday, March 7th at 7 p.m. and one for adults on Tuesday, March 8th at 7 p.m. Both of those will be psychoeducational presentations presented by our partner, ED Care. We also have a mental health fair on March 24th from five to 7 p.m. Finally, we have a recovery over time panel on April 1st from six to eight. Keep an eye out for our monthly community nights.